discretion is advised as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Now, are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Mr. President, five minutes, sir. Evening, ma'am. Merry Christmas, Mike. Mustang, this is Big Top, bringing out the full package. Where'd that come from? Everybody knows you did the right thing on that bridge. Even the president knows. You gotta learn how to get back into the real world. Mr. President, we're ready for you. Our guests have arrived. I'd like to welcome you to the White House, sir. Sir, there's been an intrusion. Let's go, move. Give me the Pentagon on the line now. Olympus is falling. Mr. Speaker, you are the acting president. I want to speak for the Russians, the Chinese, the British, and the French, in that order. If you attempt to retake this building, I will execute your commander-in-chief. Oh, my God. We have contact from inside the White House. Identify yourself. 309er. Jesus, Banning? Is this the same guy that was removed from the president's detail? He is ex-special forces. 40 commandos breached the gate, 20 in or left. Can we trust him? With all due respect, I'm the best hope you've got. Abort! Abort! We're talking about the safety of the President of the United States. We're talking about a hell of a lot more than that, sir. Just open the gates of hell. The United States of America doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Who said anything about negotiating? And we're back. Your host, Cam Soli. Yes, that's my silly name. And I'm back with Owen Frill, my boss at the Action Elite, and Jonathan, partner in crime, Joan Scombe. We're all here to discuss the lovely, wonderful, Has Fallen trilogy, starring... Gerard Butler in a comeback role as Secret Service agent Mike Banning. How are y'all today here? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Always good. John, how are you? <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, Groovy. So uh, I just figured everyone's taken, you know, just separate time recording various ones. And we're definitely in the future going to absolutely have a, you know, top 10 Save the President movies or shows. Uh, but since this one's kind of just reinvigorating all these tropes i figured we just break this down you know layer by layer and just illustrate properly why this is a pretty beloved franchise nowadays at least to action fans <laughs> the franchise uh follows a uh, former 75th uh 
district uh, army ranger Mike Banning, who becomes a Secret Service agent and has a lot of guilt on his conscience after failing to save the First Lady. Played by real-life difficult actress Ashley Judd. And <laughs> it's a very interesting invigoration of all the tropes of uh, movies like Die Hard and Air Force One, even canon films, uh, as well as uh, shows like 24, obviously. He even kills 24 in the first <laughs> uh, movie installment. And uh, because it is a rather lucrative film franchise and uh, just outrageous and insanely cool and layered at the same time it's it's a pretty stellar franchise uh what was everyone's introduction to this um well i remember seeing the first one i remember even just from the trailers thinking it looked cool i remember thinking uh, cg looks a bit off which you know because everyone knows i hate cg <laughs> most of the time uh, oh yes uh, <laughs> it's, it's like the bane of my life I, I don't mind it in superhero movies and things like that but in you know action movies which are supposed to be in the real world then i have a problem with it that's um, that i can't stand superhero cgi <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, even then yeah i just can't stand cgi i'm just like yeah uh, but uh yeah i mean I, I remember seeing it and i was like oh yeah it looks like a new diehard film and i was sort of like the best diehard sequel we never got um and uh i thought i you know it looked really intense and it was um i loved rick yoon yeah, yeah he's, he's just always a great villain yeah absolute dynamite uh jonathan did you see this in the theater i did i was interested yeah. in the first trailer that came out and especially with antoine fuqua directing yes definitely piqued my interest it was pretty much all there in ball letters. Starring the star in a comeback role from 300. <laughs> starring the director of Training Day. And a placement from, the, from the studio that brought you the Expendables and every other Stallone comeback movie. Is. And uh, just again, it, it just kind of... Some people like to... I think this is even just more classier than even just this typical canon production. Don't get me wrong. Canon films are just outrageous. I'm reminded even of that old charles bronson movie assassination <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> and this is kind of air force one light but it's also kind of just its own kind of batshit just organized and i have people who like die hard or 24 type movies and shows and i saw them having just some uh they were even comparing it to uh white house down and i mean i'm sure everyone likes a schlock bit of schlock now and again from you know roland emmerich but I mean, that one was like a 21 Jump Street movie without, you know, being in on the joke. And I, I just couldn't. That sucked. Oh. <laughs> and everybody was saying, you know, either of these, you know, Olympus takes forever to get going. And I'm like, how is 10 or 20 minutes of him pouting in the car? And then, you know, I mean, it even starts out with shocking violence. How are you even already bored? Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I recall White House Down just taking forever because it's just like the tone is just all off. It's just so oblivious. It's taking itself too seriously because, you know, that's what Roland does. And uh, it didn't have anything to it. And this one, I mean, North Koreans are invading they, the whole damn White House. It's literally World War Free on the on the White House lawn. And I saw so many people, like, just like Red Dawn, they were comparing it to. They're like, I can't get past that. And no one would ever act that way. I'm like, well, you have a lot to just go on. I mean, I already was suspending my disbelief just by the fact that uh, the other former Secret Service guy who's now got like a international security gig for this 
North Korean council, uh, played by Dylan McDermott of In the Line of Fire fame, is like, he's already acting questionable. He's like, clearly there's some inside job going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just don't get why. I mean, everyone has a different amount of suspension of disbelief. I get that. And it's like, well, this is an action movie, so there is already a different kind of suspension of disbelief. And I mean, they kind of just force it on you. It's like, this is what's happening. If you don't buy it, then just tune out now. And it seemed like there was just so many guys. I was fortunate enough. I had a pretty cool crowd. I, every single time someone was getting pounced on, you know, uh, this main character, Gerard's uh, Mike Banning, he's pretty much a mix of... He's got the verbalness of Bruce Willis's John McClane in Die Hard, but he's also kind of... He reminds me very much of... Uh, Sam Fisher from the Splinter Cell video games. He is a fucking ninja, and he just jumps around and <laughs> uh, just area to area. Every kill looks real. Antonio Fuqua is all about that whole soldier mentality thing and in his films. So, I mean, already you're just having to suspend belief. It's like, this this dude's a warrior, and he's not just any survivor in the White House. He's a dude who's legit good at surviving and killing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, and literally every kill in that, it's as if I was at a Steven Seagal or Chuck Norris. Everyone was going, oh, hell yeah. You know, they were all into it. <laughs> I think there was even one person who was way too into it and booed when the American flag got draped over. I'm like, okay, guys, you don't have to make this all political. It is what it is. <laughs> it's how wars are won. You burn a flag. <laughs> Throw it on the ground. <laughs> Just wipe the floor with you and then pick it up and throw it back down it's also kind of fun i mean you would think that reporter lawrence o'donnell appearing as a fictional version of himself would be enough to get you in the movie <laughs> and it's kind of fun kind of having a white uh west wing connection there um <laughs> uh yeah the, this is a fuck it is a very brutal it is and but very consistent in its brutality and i mean they they pretty much just know that we've seen all these diehard knockoffs for the last few years and then it kind of just goes all full-blown commando in the second half um <laughs> i kind of like the hacking aspect of it the whole my sister especially being a big greek mythology person really detailed the whole pandora's box it was like that gives it kind of a fun angle yeah it's all these code names and how he's having to both not only kill every last soldier but also disarm it at the last minute <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of other movies that have kind of done this, like the, you know, just during the phase of made-for-TV and direct-to-video movies, there was apparently a really cheesy uh, made-for-ABC family movie that had a White House takeover. I don't know why you would have a violent movie on that channel, but there was. <laughs> there was uh, plenty of other things, like uh, uh, Chain of Command with Patrick Muldoon. There was The Peacekeeper with Dolph Lundgren. There was, the, the, there was countless other spy shows that just always played with this whole you know having the the foot the president's football <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> it's, it's always been a morbid fascination it's like what would happen you know even though they say you know it can only activate it's like here they pretty much don't have to do any of the matches like we're in the house we're forcing the president reluctantly at gunpoint to you know type in the code or we're just gonna kill everyone and his staff including him <laughs> that's the game plan any other closing thoughts or anything like 
Uh, I've said, although, you know, CG aside, whenever they had was actually the initial assault on the White House, I, I think that's an amazing scene. Uh, it's so intense. and it really like actual turrets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think they actually killed real tourists for the movie, um, just for authenticity. But, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was uh, really well done. I, I love it. And uh, it does have my favorite line of, of the movie, which is pure McLean. You go uh, first. When he says, uh, <laughs> yeah, let's let's play a game. Fuck off. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah. And it's easy to see why these uh, this uh, writing duo – or so we say a couple since they're married, later went on to do the Hitman's Bodyguard franchise. <laughs> they get uh, the genre, and that's the thing. It's like, there's people who like make action movies, and you're like, you don't really understand what makes it a good action movie, do you? So, um, and I think that's kind of the problem, where a lot of people who make action movies today don't know. <laughs> like The best right. people who make action movies are people like Jesse Johnson and William Kaufman or whatever, where they're, I know they just seem to understand it. Right, and I mean... Uh, I mean, having been an experience with canon is like they know what kind of movies people want to say, and yeah. so it's like we're gonna cover it up. We're gonna get better screenwriters and A-list actors who have a payday, pay cut, and we're gonna have fun with this. And I mean, just I was already sold from the trailer alone with Morgan Freeman saying in his Morgan Freeman is, you know, Olympus yeah. is falling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and haven't you know at first you think okay he's he's the president it's like no he's the acting president he's the speaker of the house <laughs> alan trimble and he's trembling all right <laughs> yep. it's cool to see angela bassett as the head of secret service because you know aside from strange days and a few other movies she hadn't really done too much action but yeah. was an intense yeah. actress I always uh, thought she was the best Storm we never got. She always should have been Storm in the action. Yes! Thank you. Someone here who, you know, who actually should be in charge of casting <laughs> instead of miscasting. Like, uh, I'm from the Dallas, Texas area, and since they, like many Emmett Furla and Lionsgate and Millennium Films productions, uh, this and the Escape Plan franchise were filmed around, you know, the New Orleans and Louisiana area. And so there's a lot people from various areas that i see who i know or used to know a friend who used to be my friend i won't say his name it's kind of a jerk ass uh he's actually the mm. one of the secret service agents in the back guarding morgan <laughs> <laughs> and we have a few other guys here who uh including the one of the north korean pilots in the gunship who's not even i think he might have a he's latino he's not filipino or anything so <laughs> But he looked Asian enough, so they cast him in that role. But it's Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Aaron Acker does a pretty banged up job playing the president. I mean, he, it was just kind of cool because, I mean, he'd done some occasional action or thriller stuff. But for the most part, everyone would just always come back to him. was like, aren't you the dude who played, you know, Two-Faced in the Dark Knight? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I've always liked him. I always consider it's like him and Thomas Jane are two actors who I think yes. are underrated, but always give their all no matter what the film is. I'm mistaken. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And uh, like you said before, uh, it's a pretty strong supporting cast, uh, just very intense scenes. They kind of go to the whole Star Trek or Tom Clancy film mentality, you know, have intense, you know, screens and everyone reacting. You get sense of being inside their head. And yeah, the, gu the gunship attack is pretty impressive. I will admit when I was in the theater, the whole, you know, uh, Pentagon coming down wasn't terribly convincing on a big screen. It, yeah. it looks better on a DVD, but... I'm sure if I saw it on a Blu-ray, it wouldn't hold up too well. Uh, I have not seen the Blu-ray, but uh, apparently there's a lot of special features on the fight scenes and the casting of this, which we're seeing. 
I wouldn't uh, have them all on Blu-ray, but I, you know, I think I own them all, and I don't think I've watched any of them on Blu-ray. Oh damn! Uh, uh, the the website, the official website for Olympus, is pretty cool. Having uh, exclusive TV spots with the you know Don LaFontaine inspired uh, voiceovers, and uh, it even shows you the actual blueprint that they used, you know, to hack into the whole, you know, steal this thing, and you kind of get a sense that they pretty much. This is a less pretentious storyline than The Dark Knight Rises. Basically, they <laughs> somehow had some people looking over in the watchtowers or something. <laughs> and just somehow everyone's asleep on the day job, and somehow this plane got over the crossing. It's It was transporting military supplies, and you know, of course it's not. It's transporting a bunch of these North Korean guys who are doing a whole suicide and kill mission. <laughs> It's best to sort of not overthink all of that because you're like, wait a minute, well, surely they would have been stopped by this or whatever else. You're just like, yeah, you know what, let's just go. It's action movie logic. <laughs> right. It works for an action movie. It yeah. really does. I mean, uh, I, I usually have a humongous issue with fight scenes in the dark. I, I have glasses. I can see. I'm iffy about different editing and camera styles, you know, because some I can see, some I can't. <laughs> it, it just depends. We, we're all, we all got our preset preferences all geared up and they do a good job with uh morio fiori's uh cinematography he's worked for the likes of michael bay fuqua's previous stuff as well as james cameron and uh, peter berg he does a good job of just lighting this all in the dark and adding to the suspense yeah agree i think yeah. one scene which i always found tough to watch was the scene where i can't well, i can't remember her if she's secretary oh, of state or something but the woman's oh, getting shit beaten it over yeah, yeah, and she's yeah. getting beaten up, and I was like, that's always a tough film to watch, or a tough scene to watch. Yeah, uh, we, we got a lot of cool, even just intro appearances. I recognize Sean O'Brien as the NSA deputy guy and a bunch of other stuff. He's always kind of been that go-to for just being a person in political or authority power. Yeah. Still seeing Corey Kittles and Cole Hosser as supporting Secret Service guys. And it just kind of it ups the stakes just very straightforward it's like okay all the secret service agents are gone then the last five ones who are qual most qualified are alive for about 10 more minutes and then get slaughtered so now we got one guy left and he's the one because otherwise there is no movie <laughs> he's the only man they'll need the one you need they made a huge mistake and it wasn't even his vendetta <laughs> i like how they the kid's not the kid's not annoying at all here. Usually I have we all have issues with just annoying kids in movies. We all hate like, children, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy hates kids. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's not necessarily that they're it's not even half the time that they're bad actors so much as the directors don't know how to direct them or something, or they're just exactly. oblivious to their annoyance. And so it's just like, okay, you know, you can either do the Spielberg technique of where you improvise a scene with them and you make the scene good, because it's all natural. Or just do away with them all together. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure All. Sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! 
as needed and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag, and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller <laughs> yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want us here to say, ah, 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 all that good fun stuff. <laughs> well. <laughs> you <laughs> don't run the listeners away peach ah, i'm sorry but this is going kind of long yes so we'll end this and say hey check out the home video hustle every friday on all the various podcast outlets peace peace as far back as i can remember i always wanted to be a gangster And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Oh, necrophilia. Oh, oh, oh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. 
Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of. Unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you shouldn't be. I'm not entirely sure even 17 year olds should be watching this. Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything that kept little history doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How did you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. It's time, let's check our cue, baby Pair it with a couple brews, baby We love good movies We love the bad ones, too So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you Oh, yeah Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one-life plot holes of gratuitous boobies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy We now continue with our program the special features and interviews I've seen with Denzel Washington and Melissa Leo, who you just referenced here as the Secretary of Defense, they reportedly like working with Foucault because he, instead of telling him what he wants or doing the unprofessional thing of saying, you know, telling him how to act, which is a total no-no in the acting filmmaking world, he hints them. He gives them a hint at what direction they want to go, and they like that. They like the suspense, so that's kind of why you get these unexpectedly really you know, <laughs> in your face kind of moments. That's just how it's all angled and tailored. Um, so yeah, I, I like how they do away with like the kid supply. Okay, boom, save the kid. Don't need to see his whiny ass in the rest of the movie. Not that he's whiny, but in any other bad movie, he'd be whiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Save the kid, boom. Now we're going to save the president and whatever is the rest of his staff. We're going to just kind of get down to the just kind of the basics because it's, it's impossible to talk about any of this without spoiling it. This body count, this might be the hugest body count. Well, no, I take that back. But for the start of this franchise, you'd be damned to think that this main bad guy, Kang, <laughs> played by Rick Yoon, is a wimp. No, he's he's a total psychopath. Yeah, he's a mean <laughs> bastard. Yeah. And it's all a political cause. He's like, Americans, you hypocrites. All. <laughs> I disguise myself as a South Korean ministerial aide, and I'm... I'm actually working for the North Koreans because I hate anyone South Korean because you guys all slaughtered my parents when I was a little boy. <laughs> so it's it's every other Patriot Games under siege kind of villain. So it's kind of cool. It's like I don't feel like they're just doing a diehard Air Force One knockoff. It's like no, it's there's more to him. He he could easily give Gary Oldman and Air Force One a run for his money. 
Oh, I don't know. I don't think anyone could ever top. He will execute the hostage every half an hour. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Yep. I mean, uh, I would actually like to see him play a game of Russian roulette with Hans Gruber. I would love that. Yeah, every James Bond villain would pretty much die, and he'd be left with Hans, and Hans would be like, my ha 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 ha. Hans, booby. Hans, booby. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, no, th- this is a pretty good start to this whole franchise that no one even expected to be a franchise to begin with, and it did pretty good bank. Made dirt cheap for $70 million. Well, that's that's not cheap, but it's hardly dirt by, cheap. By, <laughs> millenni- by millennium films, it's pretty cheap compared to the average blockbuster, you know, costing two hundred million. Uh, right. So, and it made one hundred seventy point three million. It, somehow, in whatever fresh hell we live in, competitor White House Down got slightly less mixed reviews. I'm not gonna even go there. <laughs> yeah, it'll just but, upset us. Uh, apparently, uh, this won the measuring contest, so to speak. So it. <laughs> It instantly got greenlit two sequels. Yeah, this got the two sequels. White House Down didn't, so yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, Roland. <laughs> no, sorry, not sorry. So yeah, now we follow this, or uh, with the sequel, London Has Fallen. Hell of a presidential race, sir. Every day the same damn joke. What the hell they make you out of? Bourbon and poor choices. security at unprecedented levels. This isn't just a gathering of the world's most powerful leaders. It is the most protected event on Earth. Welcome to London, Mr. President. What's wrong? Nothing. Bugs the hell out of me. Sit down! An attack has decimated the British capital. Five of the world's leaders are now dead. Stay with me. We'll get you out of here. The American president is unaccounted for. To our friends in the West. Bakawe. Number six on the ten list. What do you want? You're president. That's not going to happen. Then every day from this moment forward will be on your head. We have to find Lakawe before he finds the president. We're going to kill him slowly and broadcast it live. Yeah, but you should have brought more men. I will not be executed as propaganda. You don't let them take me. If it comes to it, I want you to kill me. That's an order. London is just the first stop. Just imagine every major city descending into chaos. Your president dies tonight. To those who threaten our freedom. All right, here we go. Make no mistake. We will find you. And we will destroy you. Mike, we're getting you out. Go, go, go! Rooftop, three o'clock! Brace ran back. Oh my god. In 2016, three years after the first one, we have the director Babak Najafi, who has worked on shows like the Easy Money franchise as well as Banshee. 
and seeing him in the special features, he's very fascinating. Uh, both he and Gerard Butler, according to my DVD special features, really hit home on every story and every action movie's been done. So all we can do is just show it differently. And I think that's a damn good, but they do very well here. I also saw this. At, I saw all these in the theater. Thank God. Same. Yeah. Uh, and I think they were given, they were easily rivaling all the Takens, all the raids, all even Fast and Furious and Expendables, which is already a Millennium property. It's just, they were just always just, this is the sequel where it's like, you're already, you're either with us or you're not. And we don't care. Yeah, if you didn't like the first one, you're not going to like this one, basically. Yeah. We're really going to piss you off here. I mean, it opens up <laughs> one of the most brutal kills where he says the most non-PC thing you could ever say, which is go back to fucking Go back to fuck Hedestan. That's the best <laughs> line of the trilogy. Yeah, I cheered uh, to that. that I, everyone in my theater pretty laughed. I'm not going to lie. That was a pretty funny line. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's like That's fucking funny. gross and balls. Shut up and stop being offended by things. Just enjoy it. It's a goddamn exactly. action movie. Yeah, uh, some of these uh, is writ- co-written by first-time scribe Chad St. John, as well as Christian Dudagast, who had previously written uh, A Man Apart for Vin Diesel, and then later recreated with Gerard Butler of this franchise, the Den of Thieves franchise. So it was another partnership in the making here. Antoine Fuqua did not return as director, but see, to be fair, the director is only one of many, you know, departments that you can have one department that's not fully operational, but if everything else is fully functioning, then no one notices that's why you have everyone so in, you know inconsistent with their quality <laughs> yeah so whatever he wasn't digging the story which was one of the most heavily criticized parts of the last one so i was like you know what guys just he's doing equalizer and now he's moved on to a bunch of other franchises and other things it it's okay to agree to disagree and <laughs> uh and this one this is pretty even more messed up they pretty much outdo the violence which Makes sense because this this is the whole point of the damn franchise. In London, we have the president about probably his second term, I take it. I think so. Yeah, it's about that. Aaron, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Arkard returns as president. Asher Morgan Freeman's now the vice president. Uh, his Trumbull character, he says a hysterical line about fishing with minnows or whatever. And <laughs> uh, they. I like the whole spy angle of this. They they're, they're meeting with the prime minister of London, and virtually all the world leaders get blown up on every, everything, everywhere, and so you, you pretty much know what you're in for from that point on. I enjoyed it even more on home video than I did in the theater because on home theater I was kind of just I don't know just something about the sound system that was there was just kind of really getting on my nerves. So, uh, but th- this was this is banged up and in your face and very just. It's pretty much giving the first one a run for its money. And I even recommended this to people who weren't a fan of the first one. I'm like, no, nah, you, you really got to check this out. This is pretty incredible to watch. I like the whole MI5 angle. Mm-hmm. That was a good addition. Yeah. Spy movie addict that I am. And let's be honest, MI6 gets too much love. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's cool because MI5 is the FBI equivalent of London intelligence. So, so we, we got pretty much all the main department heads and secretaries coming back they don't get to do much but it's cool to have them back angela Can we Bass- talk spoilers yeah yeah we're gonna talk spoilers. Talk yeah about. so this is the one angela bassett dies in isn't it she has such a brutal death yeah, and- yeah it's such it's so cruel yeah typical angela bassett mode <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. it's, it's actually kind of cool, kick-ass, and heartbreaking at the same time. It's like, damn it, movie, don't make me cry. I came here for excitement. Damn you. Exactly. That's what I said. So it, this movie made sixty million and made back two hundred five point eight million. Man, that's all right. Take take it like a man, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> You got competition here. Uh, I like how it's given me the mix of the foreign identity raid uh, Ronin type action I crave, as well as the well, I wouldn't even go that far. I just I like how it's a spy movie, and it's still kind of it's kind of a buddy movie in a loose way. Just how oh, it is, yeah. President yeah. and the, his number one friend slash Secret Service agent. You know, they're just going back and forth having retorts like, "Oh, we're gonna hide forever." And I kid you not, I sh- I introduced this to my siblings. You know, they, they almost always kind of avoided the theater screenings, and they were just like, you know, for once in their life, they're like, "Cam, you're right. This is a pretty kick-ass movie." <laughs> and it was like, my my, I think my I, I already laughed pretty hard when. They're at the safe house and everyone's getting slaughtered there. And uh, our main Secret Service agent, Mike, you know, played by Gerard, is just flat out being outnumbered bit by bit. But don't be wrong, he's giving McLean and James Bond a run for their money. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. Uh, this is brutal stabbing with the knives again, ninja, and just going around stealth attacking everybody. And eventually he can't load his gun right away, he's out of bullets. And someone's about to come out with a full automatic and next thing you know the president comes out of where he's hiding and shoots the guy dead unexpectedly he he looks up and he's like you can come out of the closet now yeah that one yeah <laughs> and the president's like that's not funny <laughs> so he's lo- lowering his pistol <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> i like how they don't establish that he has any military background but you kind of do again this is air force one type action so you just accept it. it's like He's a man, but he's a man's man. <laughs> and so it's cool to have just the president holding a gun in general and just the nonstop running and car chases. It, it The subway attack alone, I just love the scoring of it all. Uh, uh, Trevor Morris is a very underrated composer as it is right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish everyone would stop trying to imitate Han, uh, Hans Zimmer all the time and Jerry Goldsmith and just say, you know what, be you. You have an identity. If Marco Beltrami and uh, Graham Ravel and all these other guys can find their own identity, so can you. And he he does a good job of just kind of blending the typical music you hear in these kind of spy films, as well as just adding and just have, having a bunch of stuff that Hitchcock would be happy to hear in his suspense. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the main bad guy in this, uh, Alan Abathal, a... He's been in a bunch of other Millennium Films type stuff and had a recurring role on Legends, the Sean Bean TNT show. He plays Amar Bakami, an arms dealer and terrorist mastermind, number six on the FBI's Most Wanted. And, of course, he wants blood because apparently everyone he knows and loves got bombed in his village and he escaped. I I like how he's got his uh, son as his sub-commander. That's a pretty cool thing, you know. It's all in the blood, man. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley was kind of pretty talked about as being the deputy chief of staff, but he doesn't have much to do except say, oh, I can't watch this during the uh, hostage video that they show for the VP. It pretty much just raises the stakes, and, you know, there's nothing else to do, you know, except just different location, more mayhem, and I, I can't complain. I, I like seeing James Bond, veteran actor Colin Salmon as the commissioner. Who of the police who shuts down London? 
Yeah. War four basically. <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, we haven't had to do this since World War Two. Stay in your homes. Stay inside. <laughs> I don't know we haven't actually mentioned yet, and nobody ever seems to notice it. It sort of bothers me because Jared Butler is from where I'm from, Scotland. I always notice his accent whenever I'm watching a film, and normally he can't do like as Americans. How do you find his American accent? Ah, uh, you know, he hides a good chunk of it in the first one, but anytime he just wells off, you know, it's when he just has a quick transition or just kind of a scowl kind of line, you know, you, you you're gonna detect it. Just mm-hmm. it's just inevitable. Uh, yeah, it is all. Yeah, I mean it's 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 kind of like Sean Connery in a way. It's just like I don't I don't give a fuck. I'm I'm me, so I'm gonna be me as opposed yeah, to. Should be happy I'm here. Yeah. Well, and I mean it's not it's yeah. not that he I could see him come from a mixed tradition given his unusual background, if that makes sense. I mean, and it's not as outlandish as you know Van Damme where they just try to write some storyline just to cover it all up. <laughs> I, I get that that's the appeal of those movies, but at the same time, you know, it's overkill. <laughs> <laughs> it would have actually been interesting to see a Van Damme type persona here <laughs> as a henchman. Yeah. Uh, for the longest time, I can't believe I missed this in the initial chat on the first one. Uh, Michael Dudikoff was claiming to be an uncredited Secret Service agent, and finally, oh. I think I think right. they finally confirms like, Nah, dude, I'm not in that movie. <laughs> His agent <laughs> finally took it down. Um, but I, I like how. This is rivaling all the spy franchises, all the other action franchises, and just saying, uh, this got way worse uh, critical reception. And all I can say is, you guys just are too cynical. Have fun. Yeah, they don't know how to. Critics, generally, it's like action and horror movies never really get good reviews from critics, which is why their opinions don't matter yeah. when it comes to the genre. Yeah. This had like an 80% from the audience score. You know? So, yeah. it's like, uh, there's a big inconsistency. If... <laughs> it's like it's offensive it's racist whatever else shut the fuck up and watch a goddamn movie cinema <laughs> score which pulls the average audience score gave this a a minus <laughs> the same score as the first film so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so critics they are yeah be that two overpaid got some kind of corporate game they're playing so whatever yeah this changed uh distributors this was Distributed by Focus Features, a universal uh, corporation. So this is very much like the Terminator franchise. For whatever reason, um, however, they're doing the bidding war. Just none of them were interested in having it be on the same ticket. So uh, interesting. I did not see this air on any of the movie channels, surprisingly. But often uh, TNT, uh, cable TV, and TBS will do marathons of these back-to-back. So... Even USA Network and Sci-Fi Channel have been doing it lately. Uh, all the cable channels have had very little creativity, so it's not very uncommon now that I see what was just on the Paramount Network era a week later on either Sci-Fi or TNT. So it's just, yeah. they're, they're just at that stake now. They need some ratings. They they want whatever everyone was too lazy to go to the video store for. Here it is every day. <laughs> now, fortunately, Sci-Fi Channel and USA have been airing these movies on cut, so... And it only took a moment. <laughs> if you hear language from Gerard Butler, then clearly it's uncut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Do you remember Die Hard 2 whenever it was on TV? It was Captain Yippie Kaye, Mr. Falcon. Yeah. It was a video game <laughs> Smash Brothers reference. No, Captain Falcon. <laughs> wow. 
I saw that you had a shirt of that. I was like, oh man, if only I'm going to have to go on Redbubble and see if they got any Olympus themed <laughs> shirts. Um, yeah, no, uh, I, I don't recommend watching the first one on TNT TVS because just like the first Expendables, which they air on there a lot, they cut out the main villain's death. And I'm like, uh, no, that's so much payoff. And wow. that's like anticlimactic. I mean, just like they cut out Eric Roberts' death and just cut to Jason Statham saying, we'll call it a tie and it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They, mm. they do kind of like this, like the where he's impaling the main villain it, it just on the knife. They cut away. and I'm like, what happened? He's dead. I see him on the floor, but I don't know what happened. Damn you. Movie. Yeah. Oh, I hate to do that with movies. They did that. I remember watching Universal Soldier recently, and like <laughs> they show they show Dolph Lundgren being impaled on a combine harvester, and you know, but they cut the bit where they break his arm. But they show him being minced up in the combine harvester after. But heaven forbid you see him break his arm. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's this. Wow. Everyone's got different standards. Uh, mm. Germany airs out a lot of gore i know the uk is guilty of just any headbutts or nunchuck shots like the ninja turtles movies are the most inconsistent as a result of that rule uh the u.s don't get me wrong i mean just seeing all these movies that have been cut up and that i've been rediscovering lately they they're a bunch of nutless monkeys to quote tom cruise on tropic thunder they just <laughs> go in and it's like no 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 stay in your zone don't don't do it <laughs> Hire someone who finishes on time and don't do the whole, you know, let's do a mutiny here like Crimson Tide. Don't do it. <laughs> I, w I will say this movie does kind of echo Crimson Tide, even though it's not a submarine, just the whole just nah. First, it's kill every uh, world leader in the world. Then it's execute them live on YouTube. Then it's uh, then it's a flat out World War Four movie. They bring in uh uh, we, we have our main Secret Service guy, Mike. He is already going around, you know, willingly going <laughs> to die just to save his buddy, the president. And then he's got the uh, British Special Forces, you know, Delta Force team just going in. And they're like, hey, what the hell are you doing out here? And he's like, you can join me. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> just give me a gun. And this is where pretty much, I mean, these always kind of have their Call of Duty modes. This is flat out, you know, this is Call of, the movie Call of Duty should be, if it ever gets adapted. Uh, you, yeah. you have no cutaways. You have back and forth, going forward. I was expecting a hero, Wilhelm. <laughs> you know? and, and there's rocket launchers. It even goes past the camera at one moment. It, it has been very impressively filmed. Yeah. And, uh, seeing it, I, I, I definitely check out the special features. It, they are very much worth seeing, just seeing how they film this whole thing and set it all up. I actually just need to watch London Has Fallen again anyway. I, I've forgotten so much about it. Um, all, all, I do remember the, uh, the final bad guy's death seems to have been pretty satisfying. Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, the main perpetrator, it's, it turns out that it's, a, once again, an inside job. And... They gave him like an irrefusable amount of money, and this MI5 operative just pretty much gave the locations of where everyone was scheduled to be somehow, somewhere. <laughs> Bloody MI5. Uh, yeah. yeah. If it's not MI6 or FBI or CIA, then it's or KGB. It's, it's yeah. MI5. Uh, yeah. I I don't have an issue with this. I I would say my main issue is the Secret Service guys are pretty forgettable. They, and the they, CG. <laughs> you know. I didn't have as big an issue with the CG, but I will admit you can tell it's all against the green screen when they do the flares 
popping out of the damn uh, thing. I mean, I'm pretty much this is Babylon Five type graphics, so that's either a good or a bad thing, depending on where you come from. And I'm just like, you know, what? it's just telling the story. It's brief. It's intense. The music and location and actors' expressions are enough to sell me on it. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's got a high enough body count. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not. Uh, late 90s you know vhs era you know? uh olivia grinner type stuff and i love olivia but i'm just saying some of the cgi in his movies are pretty bad yeah <laughs> yeah although this kind of secretly makes me want to see what a version of this would be like if albert pion directed it mm. <laughs> that would be interesting It'd be way more confusing and have noon kickboxing and there'd be more cyborgs in it yeah, yeah there'd be yeah at the very end you find out that whatever banning is a cyborg yeah yeah it'd be steven seagal and olivia grunner and gerard butler they're all killer cyborgs <laughs> oh god we should write for well why don't you hire us as the hacks in hollywood damn it yeah we can write yeah. some crazy shit at least we'd be creative and make use of the budget and not let you we'd actually uh i, I kid you not uh all three of us could pretty much lock half of these executives in the building and keep on our merry way editing. <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen the executive lately. We don't know where he is. Uh, were you really what executive? Supposed... Yeah, what executive? <laughs> yeah. He's just the guy doing a measuring contest with us. Sorry. Uh, yeah, no. So, pretty intriguing sequel. Pretty underrated sequel. Yeah. Very worthwhile soundtrack. Um, uh, it coincided with the July 7th, 2005 London bombings. Oh, my God. Which 52 people that. Killed. And the 2015 SOS attacks in which 30 British nationals were killed. Hmm. Timely movie, huh? Yeah, the thing is, there's never a good time to release movies like these because there's always some shit going on everywhere. So, you know, people just need to uh, take it that it's actually fiction and it's, you know, not real. Just this enjoy it. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean you're always going to have just naysays like that. Everyone's saying this is pretty insensitive. I say this is a patriotic movie. This is their Patriots Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is just saying, hey, you know what? Hey, here, this is a unlike, This is a potential outcome, and we're just showing you in our mind how it would happen and how we would deal with it. And Red Dawn gets a mixed bag I think this is a better franchise than Red Dawn. This is uh, pretty much Millennium Films' Purge franchise. Yes. Maybe even their Death Wish Commando franchise. They, you know, if Arnold had uh, two more movies where he played uh, John Matrix from Commando, we would get this. But I'm too busy uh, fucking up. I will crush you. I will crush you. Morgan Freeman, he's a good actor. You should cast him in your movie. Yeah. Go back uh, to Fakhedistan. See, it's Fakhedistan. not better he says it. That would be a wonderful if he said <laughs> it. Oh, man. They've been doing a lot of those deep fake Arnold, yeah. deep web Arnold videos. They totally and need the dirty to Harry and things, yeah. Yeah, they need to totally do that. And, I mean, hell, he always wanted to run for president, so it'd be funny if they cast him as the president in one of these movies. <laughs> do it. Do it now. How do you How do stranger? All right. I'm done. <laughs> oh, so... Angel has fallen. Angel has fallen. The third, maybe final, maybe not. You must really like fishing, Mr. President. <laughs> it's cold out here. Sorry. I need anything to get out of DC for a while. Mike? 
I'm selecting you for Secret Service Director. Congratulations. I'll give him my best shot, sir. Manny's on his way. What is that? Are they bats? The drones! The drones! Don't move! Don't move! I'm coming to you! They're coming at you, Mark! Get him in the water, Cal! Go! I got you. Going under. Dive deep. There's been an assassination attempt on the president. Mike Bannon, you're being charged with the attempted murder of the president of the United States. The president's top guardian angel has fallen. Couldn't you see that I'm being set up? You have a collect call from Mike. There's somebody else behind us. It wasn't me. The president's not safe. They're gonna try and finish the job. And I'm not gonna stop until I prove who did this. I love you. How did you find me? I want security for the president. How do you think, Dad? I need your help. We gotta get out of here. I ain't going nowhere. Batting. Don't worry about finding me. I'll find you. Listen to me. We're gonna make a move. Now people are gonna fall. But not you. Texan director and L.A. native Rick Roman Wog, who's done a lot of very cool crime dramas and prison movies and former stuntman career, he uh, took over this franchise. And despite it having some film delays and rescheduling at least two different times, it, it had a bigger cast power on this final outing. It was criticized for being another kind of fugitive on the run movie and acknowledged as going out with a bang, literally. So, uh, uh, and you pretty much summed this up in your review pretty well. I, I when this was being announced, I totally was like, eh, "Sounds kind of like Shooter or Taken Free." <laughs> yeah, Fugitive, Taken, all, all of the above. Yeah. And, and since yeah. I'm since I'm since I'm the only moron who likes all the Taken movies and just accepts them for what they are, I stupid on the run one man army movies. because uh, I it's pretty much my whole childhood there. Uh, I like how this is better than those. I, I think it's very. Uh, we're, we're just going to flat out say it. We're going to sell everyone on the plot twist. It's pretty cool having the newest vice president be behind it all. I just flat out order and execution. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everyone's given this whole naysay on, you know, Aaron Acker not wanting to come back because he revealed in press release for London that that was the case. And it's like, you know what? He wasn't the only reason we were watching this movie. I mean, there was really only one reason we were watching it. But, I mean, uh, it's kind of cool to have Morgan Freeman, O'Grin, play the president. Morgan Freeman, uh, and uh, he's pretty much out of it the whole time. You actually think he's gonna fucking die? <laughs> yeah, he's supposed to be a coma. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what you call her? Jada Pinkett Smith is in it, and that was the best twist of the movie. So if you haven't listened or seen the movie, don't listen to what I'm about to say. But that scene where Stop. she and the other guy end up. <laughs> 
getting killed, I remember in the theater, I was like, holy shit, I thought there was going to be something where they would save the day, and then they got killed off, and I was like, I did not see that coming. That was a really cool scene. The screenplay was also by Roman Wog, uh, new scribe Matt Cook, and Luke Besson favorite, Robert Mark Common, who also, again, created the Taken franchise and Leon the Professional. Uh, I, I do agree. I, I, I think it's it gets more creative than people want to give it credit for. I mean, you think it's going to be a manhunt movie the whole damn time, and then it's just like the third part is the total hard-boiled, you know, diehard in a hospital. Yeah. yeah. And it's cool to have that kind of mix. They did really good recasting on the recasting of Mike's wife, uh, previously played by uh, action movie favorite Rada Mitchell. They they had they replaced her with Piper Parabo. Piper and, Parabo, yeah. And as a result, the wife actually gets more to do. You know, uh, this is pretty much... It's a man on the run being framed, and then it's a backstory. Be careful where you come from. You might need a favor from old pals and once in a while. It's, it's a family movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey, like, Nick Nolte stealing the show as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Those oh, yeah. wars. I haven't seen that big an explosion since, well, the explosion in Shooter <laughs> with yeah. Flame Wars. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that forest then, explosion scene, yeah, that was just the best. That's probably about, actually my favorite action scene of the franchise. Yeah, I would not blame you. Uh, no. And then, yeah, the, the third portion of it is then, again, Save the President. Uh, it's cool that they got Lance Reddick as the head of Secret Service. And all this whole time, he's like, yeah, without a doubt, Mike, you ordered his execution. I will say the CGI is the worst in this. Just they weren't even trying at this point. But it didn't bother me just because at least I get to see Danny Houston uh uh, call Gerard, you know, hey, reliance. Or, you know, I remember guy. in the theater watching it, and uh, they're like, the building's going to explode, the building's going to explode. And I remember sitting there and I was like, please don't be CGI, please don't be CGI, please don't CGI, please don't CGI. And it's like, boom, it's CGI. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was yeah, yeah. The yeah. sad thing is, you can find way better, easy to use CGI effects on free to use stock size than you can getting you know yeah. 40 people to work on them in bulgaria apparently i don't get me wrong it's everywhere in la they're not earning their paycheck i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. no, that's for sure at all i mean they're they're, they're earning it but it's not well deserved sorry no. I, I i should stop talking like i'm playing god i mean a dick <laughs> um no i like how he's pretty much He's pretty much uh, Sabretooth and Wolverine, a movie he was also the bad guy in. It's <laughs> just like, we're, we're bros, man. We've always been close. And then he just pretty much goes full-blown and Gary Busey and under siege. He's like, all right, but I'm going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. It's, uh, you got the good father-son relationship between uh, Nick Nolte and Jared Butler. Uh, so you got their sort of banter back and forth, and you got the family relationship. Uh, and then you got lots of shit blowing up, too. So... Uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this one. I mean, uh, ladies will like it. Gerard gets shirtless. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it. I think it's my least favorite of the three, but even then, it's still an entertaining enough entry to the series. Like, I, I enjoy them all. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah. At a, if at first you don't think you're gonna, yeah, if at first you don't think you're gonna like it, just go back and give it another shot. You will just have fun with it. It it's not always even. I, Again, I don't like fight scenes in the dark. I understand why they shoot the scene where he's getting away that way. It's just not my preference. It's probably the weakest fight in the whole movie. Yeah. In my opinion, because it looks like they filmed it on a GoPro or something. <laughs> I just don't like the shots. But no, uh, I mean, it's pretty much just 
working at clockwork is just like a near impossible mission and again you want to know how it ends even if you know that he's invincible it's just the rare kind of just again one-man army franchise that pays off and apparently they were supposed to have a uh, holt mccolony and a few other people on here uh he was going to play the bad guy so yeah he's until... the bad guy if i remember correctly Yes, you have it right. Apparently, Wikipedia is citing that also, and then they replace him with Danny Houston. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. You know, uh, I will I'll say, yeah, yeah. I mean, this has always been a predictable franchise, but it was a little too predictable for my taste. Like the opening montage, yeah. since we know every other '80s movie is like, oh, of course, it's a training montage. <laughs> yeah, I knew that as soon as it started. This was obviously training. Yeah, it like, um, it's just too obvious. Someone shot someone. There wasn't even any blood. It's like, yeah, it's a training montage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been well, that's the one thing i love about this series though is that it is a throwback to like you know the, the 80s and 90s action movies and i think that's why we as action fans like them the, the way we do because it's old school r-rated action with a badass action hero who spews one-liners he doesn't do quite as many one-liners as maybe i would like but uh he's still awesome yeah, he, he his body count pays off, and he just is a likable persona. And just the again, like you say, the scenarios are just total throwbacks. Is like we want more movies like this, so of course it it hits the spot. This got more mixed reviews for once. The critics were less cynical this time, and it once again got it a minus on Cinema Score. Thank you, Cinema Score. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Tom McCarthy of the Hollywood Reporter for once did not write a cynical review and said. May not be appreciated better than the first two installments, but it's actually more fun, first and foremost, because of a vastly amusing turn by Nick Nolte. <laughs> so, I don't, I don't even remember Nick Nolte being that amusing, and I actually thought he was pretty serious for the most part. Uh, I, I was laughing my ass off. I was yeah. like, uh, I usually do it anyway, just because you think Nolte and he's batshit crazy, but. Oh, uh, yeah, it, and they only have 48 hours to solve his whole issue, but oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This was promote. This was distributed by Lionsgate after you know previously being owned by Universal and Sony, but you know, Millennium Films owns it. So, and Gerard Butler's company G Base. Yeah, I know it sounds like a rap name. Uh, uh, <laughs> is does pretty good in this. Uh, yeah, no, I they've been talking about doing a TV show and even doing a foreign thing, uh, given how they're doing like Japanese and Korean versions of Criminal Minds in 24, I would not be surprised if there's like a TV show version that pops up on Netflix starring Byung Hung Lee or <laughs> Chow Yun Fat. I'd watch it. <laughs> I think we all would. Oh yeah. It's just over the top. Awesome. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, how would you guys uh, rank all these installments? I mean, I know we all like them just because they deliver the goods and, less cynical people are going to like it. Um, uh, I would rank them, well, actually, I probably would rank them in order of release, one, two, then three. Same with me. Okay, uh, how about in terms of, like, uh, bad guys? Who, who's the number one bad guy? Rickon. Rickon, for me. Uh, he's an absolute turd in that first movie. As Carl, okay, yeah. Uh, I would say the bad guys in part two of London get a bigger body count, but... They kind of become just faceless minions. Yeah, they're just bad guy. Like I couldn't even tell you yeah. anything about the bad guy in the second one. Like until you mentioned his name, I couldn't even tell you what the bad guy's name is in the second He's one. At least favorite of the three villain. Yeah, because Wade. I mean, he's another fellow army ranger, but he's just another Blackwater dude. So it's like, yeah. Of course he's bad. I, I know he's bad because he's Danny Houston. He has that. Shitty he's always bad. <laughs> he's always yeah. bad. 
he's like the only movie he's not bad but he should have been bad in is like children of men and that's just like a cameo that doesn't count <laughs> that's before he was well known um yeah. and secret service uh how it configures I- i'd say yeah. i like how angela bassett gets some action in part two but uh i'd say they're more memorable in part one mm-hmm. i agree Part three, it's cool to see Lance Reddick out in the field protecting the president while Gerard leads another team away. So that that would be number two in terms of the ranking of this. I like how, again, it's a throwback, and I would not be against them doing a crossover. Hey, can Jack Bauer join your team? That's <laughs> can you, fair. Can you bust him out of Russia prison? <laughs> Do you remember a while back there was talk of Die Hard 24-7? Right, before it became... Good day to suck hard. Uh, yeah. Oh God, I hate that movie. Um, I, yeah, can't blame, I can't blame you. I, I I enjoy the action, but I can see why everyone just wasn't having fun with it. I I just turned my brain off. It was uh, it was too I much. I watched it once, and that was it. And I was like, it's just it just wasn't a diehard movie to me. I was like, this isn't John McClane. This is bored Bruce Willis again. Where, where's yeah. the real Bruce Willis? It, it was an Expendables escape plan movie, and for whatever reason, they they had. What's his name? Who played young Michael Bean in Terminator Five? So it's just like, yeah, yeah, Jai Courtney, yeah, yeah. Jai Courtney. Thank God Jai Courtney wasn't here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the this is definitely it's a reminder of what other franchises could be. I mean, would it be funny if they went all Fast and Furious in the next one? <laughs> uh, yeah. They go in space or something. Yeah. Oh, uh, they oh well, yeah, they go all Mission Impossible. Let's go in space. <laughs> The president's built a new base on the moon. Yeah, there you go. Someone's about to blow up a politician who I somehow have a relation and reason to protect at a NASA <laughs> space camp. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, God. Uh, I, I just think we should get another sequel. I mean, I, I would like to see maybe one more, um, just because I love the character of Mike Banning. Oh, yeah, but one thing I liked about this movie was that he had him suffering from PTSD and like he wasn't an invincible badass. And this this one, he's really falling apart at the seams. And uh, he's really suffering. So yeah, he's going through it. He's yeah. like addicted to the painkillers and everything. So it's got cool. a migraine. So it's yeah. like he barely doesn't even get out of the whole thing. He he actually gets punched out like a few times and then gets yeah. out. And yeah. then finally knocks out the dude again. Um, I was almost expecting an ear rip out, you know, classic Arnold style. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's not a good day on the block for him. Um, no. he, he's pretty much a bitch the whole time and you can't you, you kind of can't fault him and i mean uh, he's taking cold showers he's flat out he's like one more time i swear i'm done and his <laughs> wife's like you gotta let me in and he's like that's what she said but no you know, seriously <laughs> he, he's just kind of like uh, he's kind of like yeah, just leave me alone no i need your help i don't i just i'm a bitch i don't know how to express myself man you gotta respect me <laughs> just let me uh, yeah, man. I'm a good old boy. Who's not Scottish, I swear. Um, yeah, so uh, this was number number two, or number one, two weeks in a row, as well as, and earned even three million on Labor Day. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it had some competition, including uh, It Chapter Two, and was Butler's, Gerard Butler's first time atop the box office since 300. I normally don't give a rats about how much money anything makes. It's just, yeah. but it's cool to know that there's other skin in the game. Where it's like, it's like, okay, the battle of the franchises, you know? 
Yeah, it's good to know that there's like R-rated franchises out there now. So, I mean, you you got like the John Wick series, you got uh, John Wick has fallen. This is definitely kind of up there with John Wick as like the rare instance. Like, if it were any other franchise where you're just like, oh, just die already, Mm -hmm. this is kind of just the rare example where it's like it's so over the top, you kind of just want to check it out, whether you even want to or not. It's just that more of a curiosity is like, oh, what are they going to feature in here that's so messed up? Yeah. Unlike the Fast and Furious, which I do want to end. Um yeah. I'm sort of like I'm I'm so bored of that series now. I, I can't I can't remember what happened in the last movies and that's the problem. There's uh, like so much now. It's like didn't somebody punch a submarine in the last movie or something? Yeah. I can't remember. It was a diehard of submarine even, and uh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't even bother with that one at all. I, you I didn't just, miss anything. <laughs> I, I I did kinda like Hobbs and Shaw, but John brought up some good points on how is like uh, it's comedy just needed some work you know mm-hmm. yeah it did there's also like so many movies uh, which is a problem these days it's just too long Hobbs and Shaw like the whole part at the end and uh, with the Rock's family and everything that just felt like it was part of a different movie um, that was totally him saying this is a personal movie he's like yeah. no 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 you, so don't have to grow, yeah. you don't have to grow a big head like Vin you can tone it down and just we, we like it when you play an idiot or a nice yeah. guy you don't you don't gotta be this is Moana live action cosplay uh, it's like for God's sake <laughs> do, do, can you not just do one good action movie Bloody, yeah <laughs> I'm still waiting on that rundown comeback I've, I hope too yeah for a while we might even have to cover that if they ever make a sequel, which they've yeah. done. He was better when he first started, like uh, the rundown faster, and uh, goes all Universal Soldier in Doom. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually like Doom. That's just me. I, I like Doom. I just don't like the first half. If that makes sense, because it's all it's pretty much reenacting yeah. the game. Oh shit! The light went out. Ah, you know, all these assholes we don't care about dying. He's like, and then when it finally gets to the whole war crimes moment, is like, okay, now we're talking. Uh, yeah. Butler, he gets a bad rep from critics and other people. Um, I knew a lot of people who saw him on Geostorm, and they're like, he couldn't remember his lines. But it seems like that's pretty common. You know, and other people who worked on other films with the likes of Sandra Bullock and others is like, rough day on the block. Uh, I kind of like Geostorm, but that's just me. Uh, I. I quite enjoyed it too. Yeah. I didn't see it. on steroids. Um, yeah, exactly what I wanted from it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Gerard, Gerard definitely needs to do just more of these throwback movies. It's kind of getting annoying how he's who everyone hires when they can't get Frank Grillo or Jason Statham. Yeah. Scott Atkins, for that matter. You know, I wish Jason Statham would start doing better movies. He's not like with Hobbs and Shaw, and then he's doing like the Fast and Furious and like the PG 13 stuff. I'm like, no, it's better when you're doing shit like safe and home front whatever you're beating the shit out of people with luke basson in a scandal is like you know what just sell back the transporter franchise give it to jason and yeah i've been saying have, that i love to see another one with him actually. have him do a proper send-off i mean i didn't mind that transporter tv show in fact it'd be funny if he got gerard butler <laughs> to be in the <laughs> yeah. his cousin <laughs> right oh laddie what do you got for me Oh no, you can't do that. The package is illegal. I don't do that. I don't do that. Oh, yeah, the the accents would be all over the place because uh, <laughs> Jason Statham and him are like, "Oi, I'm American. You can't," or, or something. So it just like, oh yeah, just there you go. <laughs> Mispronounce and so you can't. You can't. Oh, yes, I can. Bloody hell, I'm gonna rain a fire on your parade. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, 
he's one of the other B movie action stars we'd like to see more of. And yet, uh, he's just kind of taken a while to kind of get there. He just comes and goes. Like he's got, he's pretty much a cult actor. It's just mm-hmm. kind of Frank Grillo's got the Purge and Captain America franchise. He has the, you know, people remember him from either Three Hundred or Reign of Fire or even Law Abiding Citizen and. This has been a good run for him. It's just yeah. cool to see him finally see if he can carry a franchise because he was likable. He just was starring in all these, you know, bad, you know, date comedies and other movies that weren't that bad. But given how every single movie he's in seems to be bashed by critics, everyone's like, oh, he's a bad actor. It's like, no, he, he's got more going for him than even, you know, people who you see just the paycheck on the wall like a Elba or mm-hmm. Or I mean, uh, it was uh, law-abiding, <laughs> law-abiding citizen. Uh, it was quite a good movie, but that's the one where his accent was all over the place because he's like, "It's gonna be biblical," and I was like, "Wow, you just sounded like you're from Glasgow there." So like, you didn't sound American at all. <laughs> yeah, and then you got a bored-looking Jamie Fox. So it's like, you know what? He stole the movie from Jamie Fox. That's a pretty good star. Yeah. There, get... there wasn't. It was such a strange movie because I was like, "Who am I supposed to be rooting for in this movie?" Because like everybody's a dick. So uh, yeah, it's a word. Sorry, go ahead. It was like, I liked like the first two acts of that, but once it gets to the ending, it kind of ruins it for me. Mm-hmm. That's Same. what. Uh, I mean, you you like how it just the build up and everything, and it's just like you know, there's it's mostly a good movie in there. It's a it's it's falling down and meets Saw meets Die Hard for me. But yeah, it, he he's due for a bunch of other stuff. He's got a few other things that come out on VOD that I haven't seen yet, but. He's definitely not on the, you know, going to die like Bruce Willis, Nick Cage, or Travolta. And I like I like some of those guys, but I'm just saying he's not the VOD star just yet. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not there just yet, yeah. He's not there just yet, and I don't think he ever re- really will be, unless, I don't know, one of his baby mamas sues him or something. I don't know. He's a, <laughs> he apparently does get a lot of ass on the side, so. <laughs> not quite um, right, too. Uh, yeah, no, the, this has been a fun franchise, and uh, what do you think even they would do if they did another one? What kind of outlandish plot would they do? <laughs> well, like I said, probably, you know, the moon or space or something, but um, I maybe, don't know. Maybe another spy plot, maybe, I don't know, go behind enemy lines to rescue an old war buddy he thought yeah, was dead. Yeah, <laughs> or this time the president gets kidnapped in another country or something, and, you know. Oh, uh, there you uh, go. I got and he has to go behind enemy lines, and you know, uh, but nobody will go with him, so he has to go himself or something. So yeah. I don't know. Come up with a cheesy cliche. Oh, there you go. Go to Valverde. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to make place up so you don't offend anybody. There you go. He saved Steven Seagal and Van Damme, who are sitting down because <laughs> they, they don't want to be bothered. They're just here for the money. Um, and then. Uh, oh, and then have Dolph Lundgren as like the new crooked head of Secret Service who wants to steal the football or something. That would actually bring in some of like the classic action stars into it or something, you know, make them the villains or something. Uh, oh. at, at, yeah, at this stage, Gerard needs to just join the Expendables. They've been mm-hmm. waiting too long. Stallone and the producers have been doing dick measuring contests and getting all mixed up, and it's like I know okay. they've waited too long and it's too late. Yeah, I mean, they're all going to die soon. I hate to say it. They're not invincible, like, in the movies. And so many other people who I thought, you know, like, former 80s and 90s stars like Tom Solek and Richard Dean Anderson would have been perfect for that camp franchise. And yet, at this stage, there's just no telling. And 
it's kind of getting annoying having to ask. It's like, okay, give it to us or don't. Just. Yeah. I always think that the Expendables franchise, and I've said this before, works better as a concept than it does movies. I guess I, I love the movies and I enjoy them for what they are, but I think, you know, There's if it always had... disappointing moments in them. Yeah, but it could have just, just somebody had written a script. Um, I think it would have been better. I mean, yes, I know action movies always have you know bad dialogue. That's the part of, of them. But um, like uh, in the second one, I, I hate you know Arnold going like you know what's next Rambo. You know, like shut up. Yeah, uh, I, I, I hate that. <laughs> the third one got some slag, and you commented on this on how it's like it was PG thirteen, and yet at the same time we hate the R rated. Uh, the CGI blood, and yet it's like, okay, well, something's got to change. I don't know what it is. I like Banderas and Wesley Snipes. Uh, crazy Mel Gibson is always better than actual Mel Gibson. Uh, uh, they, they just got to do something else. Just like have some other just outrageous bad guy and just give it to us. And maybe even make it shorter, you know, kind of like the Red movies. Just... <laughs> Get just off, 90 it? wonderful minutes i love movies that are like 80 or 90 minutes they don't do enough of them these days like old pm entertainment movies were always about 80 or 90 minutes and it just flew by i love that right they okay. went by roger corman logic because that's how much the film stock was so they're like yeah. keep under 80 minutes <laughs> you make it 70 minutes i love that shorter the better shorter the better so now we know guys uh the millennium films has the amp up the game it's going to be interesting seeing what they do with the hitman's bodyguard second installment yep hitman's wife's bodyguard apparently right <laughs> and there was talk of the mechanic three as well we're waiting oh, for that but that never I so. realized. i guess it's not happening because he's filming that movie with kevin hart right now yeah the man from toronto i gotta see if i can find them here too and sneak a wee set visit and it was like the same director hitman's bodyguard patrick hughes yeah that's the yes. same director Oh, is it? Oh, I interviewed him before. Oh, okay. And I was just thinking, hi, Patrick. Yeah, remember yeah. that? did, and the interview was great. He was huh. like, you're watching the action elite. Yeah, that was when, cool. I, when I was at the Hitman's Bodyguard uh, premiere, he even was in a, didn't, I don't know if anyone else's theater got this, he was in a funny like video segment saying, thank you all who who made this movie what it is and came in to see it. And then he started doing impressions of Ryan Reynolds and Sam Jackson letting out, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> it was awesome. It was like, okay, cool. I, you know, this guy's practically unknown. You know, he did a little known Western, then Expendables Free, then he did this one. And I think he's amping up the game. He doesn't quite have the, he's kind of like the other people who have been asked to join the Expendables and all these other 80s, 90s style movies. He hasn't earned all his skin in the game, but he's getting there. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's funny how Seagal refuses to join the Expendables, and I was like, you don't want to share your cheeseburgers with anybody else? Yeah, Kurt Russell and uh, Michael Bean are getting big heads, and it's like, I thought Stallone was the biggest head. Um, yeah. I thought yeah. Bruce Willis and Arnold were the ones who were keeping it, and uh, having Harrison Ford in there not giving a shit yet having too much fun was kind of amusing yet at the same time it's like okay well so something's got to change i don't know what i uh, if you're not going to continue olympus or the has fallen then at least do a better expendables just as a proper send-off or just do hitman's bodyguard or start a new franchise all together that we like and mm -hmm. if they do a mechanic free i'm all down uh that whole vic armstrong directed finale uh i think i I showed that to one of my martial arts buddies, and I could tell he flat out got a boner. This <laughs> <laughs> from the final 20 minutes. It's like, oh my god, that's how you do a Splinter Cell movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid should be adapted. 
Um, Why has that still not been adapted anyway? Like Metal Gear Solid was just waiting to be made. They so were. Far. They had non-action people like Paul Thomas Anderson attached, and for the longest time, you Ball wanted to adapt to adapt it in the creator. That's was a like, great well, idea. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. You should do it. And I, the cre- the creator was like, no damn way is he getting his dirty hands on this. <laughs> and yeah, there's a lot. They were supposed to do Splinter Cell with Tom Hardy and all these other guys, and I was like, uh, you know what? You need to get Viggo Mortensen or Thomas Jane or somebody. And better yet, we even already did an uh, an episode on that with um, uh, a bunch of other awesome podcasters. And I was like, you know what? Uh, we, the, we we should definitely do an episode for the top ten video game movies that haven't been made yet. <laughs> That's a good idea. All right, but no, think you colleagues for being on this show getting to know you better and uh pretty much summing up just the whole appeal of this uh raunchy franchise um <laughs> uh, where can we find you on the interwebs jonathan well for me my twitter is hashtag action five 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 you can see me on All instagram right. which is jonathan mark seven seven three nine that's where you can see me on instagram so that's my social media outlets. My social media is the Action Elite. So go to the Action Elite on Facebook or the Action Elite on Instagram or Twitter. And yes. don't add me personally because that's for friends and family only. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, don't get in Owen's uh, crosshairs. He'll, he'll snipe you dead. <laughs> Alrighty. No, it's been fun talking about this franchise. If you guys have any other side projects, I'd like to be part of that also. All right, sounds good, man. And thank you, guys. We've been a great addition to the site. So, uh, And thanks for having me on the show and uh, look forward to chatting to you both again soon. The Jacked Up Review Show can also be followed on Facebook on both the page and the group. Feel free to chat, leave questions, make requests for future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for your various support, and we'll continue to entertain the hell out of you. Till then, take care.